1: Welcome back everyone to the 13th episode of Neo Reality Collective. We're back again after another extended hiatus and more and more as I transition, as I start to feel like I should start transitioning away from YouTube to podcasting along with some other big projects I want to do down the road. We're going to cover some news for the last week and some additional news that I missed out on in relative short timing. So d c comics has been doing for the past for the past uh, couple of months now teasing the return of the wild storm characters from the wild storm universe that once existed under jim lee and then when d c revamped everything with the new fifty two they also chose to integrate the characters into the d c universe during the new fifty two but <clears throat> It's just kind of as the new 52 fell apart, they ultimately decided to go a different direction. But since Jim Lee is now the sole owner of DC Comics' presidency route, he is bringing back the Wildstorm universe into the DC universe. Because recently, since the re- relegated Generation Zero event, he's a return to Wildstorm characters. Midnight and Apollo came to the future state stories. And then action comics while well, Grifter joined the Batman books while working with for Lucius Fox as a bodyguard, so to speak. Alongside flashbacks and side eye giving us Halo, Jacob Marlowe, Ooh, Deathblow, Sleeper, Backlash, and the rest of Team 6 and 7 in Batman Urban Legends. Another upcoming issue also has promised to fight with Zelot returning to fight Wonder Woman in a no holds bar action. And then there's Superman The Authority, and Billy Cool states that, that in the comic, Superman created the authority to replace the failed justice league, and it sees out of continuity, but in this week's Batman it, Urban Legend number 5 that comes out, it can, apparently gets real, with Wildcats bringing back the initials in name that once stood for covert action teams and memberships crossing the publication from Groot to, to Lady Tron, to Fairchild to Zila, and Death Blow and beyond. So the Wildstorm characters. So I've never been in the Wildstorm universe stuff when it was its own imprint and its own separate universe from the DC Comics stuff. I read the Authority. I have the Absolute Authority edition from the now controver- from the nowadays controversial Warren Ellis, who is currently the out of publisher. Yeah. So yeah, there is some uncomfortableness with t- regarding his subject matter, but. Yeah, The Authority is still a pretty damn good story, despite the author in question. But that's about the closest I got. Like The the things I didn't know that The Authority formed in the aftermath of an event with Stormwatch being destroyed by the xenomorphs from Aliens, and I am not kidding. So you will never ever see that printing again in imprints because, well, Marvel owns the rights to Aliens and I'm pretty sure they're not going to pay DC Comics or Warner Media money to go ahead and reprint those old issues, because DC would get a cut of the profits most likely. So, yeah, better off looking on the internet for those. Uh, oh, man. Sadly, there is reports going around in wrestling as well. WWE has reported that Bailey has sustained an undisclosed injury in the midst of training, and is likely to miss around nine months of action. A suitable replacement was confirmed for SmackDown, confirmed to be Carmella da- on the show, and Bailey was set to wrestle be- Belair in the I Quit match. At Money in the Bank, it was to be their third consecutive bout on pay-per-view, following their matches at WrestleMania Backlash, still a stupid name, and Hell in a Cell. Bayley last wrestle on June 25th on SmackDown, teaming with several to defeat B- Belair and Cesaro. And PW Insider reported later that the injuries the torn ACL sustained earlier this week during a mandatory return-to-the-road training. When I heard that, I was thinking, why, like, I get the other talents who are not regularly on TV and thus are subjected to house show regulations, therefore return-to-the-road is a, is the thing they need to start training on because they're going to go back on house shows again. But when I heard Bailey was on the list. I was thinking Yeah, I don't see it. I, I Bailey has I, I, I would think Bailey was already ready to go back on the road to wrestle a more, but now with his injuries like, uh well that sucks. Like maybe she took it out I like I heard it was mandatory, so thanks Vince, if you want. But um one of the other things I was hyped about with Bailey because I really feel like after the whole peace performance center days of WWE, Bailey was the one stealing the show with Sasha and all their stuff, and the later and the early mid to mid stages of the Thunderdome era, Bailey had really held her own with the thing and carried WWE throughout that. And I felt like she started getting the short end of the stick because, well, Bailey was really was moved around a lot she had hoped she could ma- wrestlemania have a wrestlemania match with sasha but they said no we're gonna do that sooner and do it at hell in a cell end it there even though this is a feud that's years in the making quite literally honestly so it is disheartening to see that bailey went from being the big standout star in the in the WWE for the past twenty for 2020 and early 2021 to being relegated to oh she's not even on the card and she's not even gonna do an open challenge match and being then being and then basically fighting Bianca Belair with their third with their second match being the best match and the first one being very eh, on my eye in my professional opinion <laughs> I say professional. Yeah. Yeah, kidding myself, I'm just a fan. But to hear Bailey being out, like, I hope she recovers soon and gets back to doing what she loves. It sucks that she's. It sucks. It honestly sucks for her to get injured like this. I'm hoping for the best for her, and we're going to have to see where that goes from here. But that's neither here nor there. We're going to have to see in case anything else happens. But yeah, Bailey. Like, some people thought she was pregnant, which is confusing because there's no indication of that, like, at all. Like, I heard some people on Twitter saying that and whatnot. But, yeah. But Twitter did also explode when AEW announced that All Out had officially sold out. Yeah. A Thursday pre-sale had occurred. I saw nearly all available seats inside the Chicago's Now Arena get sold out with a few remaining seats purchased on Friday for the public. For non-pre-sale people. So, yeah. AEW put out a video promoting that. We sold out! We sold out the show! So they're going to have a packed arena. One of my buddies from ATW is joining up with them. And going to go to Chicago and watch the event in person. Lucky him. Uh, We'll probably never get to experience that, that kind of thing. I'm still waiting for Madison Square Garden so we can go there damn you but that's that's the dream that's the dream to go to Madison Square Garden and watch something big like New Japan or AEW it's probably going to be Japan if they ever if they're able to get the coronavirus issues under control there since covid keeps being a huge hassle and with all the multiple variants really around so yeah but yeah, congratulations to All Elite Wrestling for selling out All Out. I'm, and uh, people's, and uh, wrestling is saying people like to say it is dead. And like, we gotta count that this is the streaming age. Metric data has changed and whatnot. So, speaking of wrestling stuff, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks won Best WWE Moment at the SB's. Congrats. And Bianca just came off looking like a star. I saw some images of her. Congratulations on that. Their SmackDown Women's match between each other for the SmackDown Women's title was labeled Best Best WWE moment on the FC's Award. Against 13 other WWE moments to win. Fan voting determined which moments advanced through the bracket of entries. <laughs> oh man. It's kind of awesome, especially with you know, the competition. Edge winning the Royal Rumble, Bianca winning the Rumble, Bad Bunny's performance with performing at Canadian's destroyer to take the award. It was an awesome match. I, it was a lot better than I was expecting, and I'm glad it was the meet event. It re- certainly earned it. <laughs> Despite the bad, questionable booking they build up they did. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh,. I I talked to one of my buddies on Twitter about it saying how Bianca looks like a megastar and I said don't say that you know Vince hates that word because then Hollywood's going to come knocking and they're going to go ahead and take her they already took Sasha they're probably going to take Roman soon and then Vince is going to go crazy and bury a whole bunch of people for another 10 years if Vince breathes that long because he is in his 70s now so yeah it could still go that route because Vince is crazy like that but uh there was even weirder news. There was a bit of weird news afterwards. Mike Canellis, aka Mike Bennett, as he was called as he's called outside of WWE, uh, claims that he was in line to play Sister Abigail. Oh, That sounds stupid. And <coughs> speaking with Metro, Mike Bennett claimed that in 2019, Mr. McMahon wanted White to have more human followers, and that Bennett was to have the place Sister Abigail come to life, and he wouldn't have been the only wrestler helping bring a White creation to life. Early on, when Bray Wyatt turned into The Fiend, Vince was always high on having Bray Wyatt lead a group for some reason. He always wanted him to lead a group. We were about a week away from making it happen where where me and Eric Young were going to be part of Bray Wyatt's group. And we were going to actually be, they were going to bring to life the puppets. Each puppet was going to represent an actual person. I don't remember. There were talks that I was going to be Sister Abigail and Eric Young was going to be a buzzard. It was one of those things where you guys will play these characters, you can train those the puppets from the Five Five Hundred House, but then they'll come to life. And then he added, I thought it was really cool. I was ready to sink my teeth into it, but then like most stuff, right before it happens, like, Oh yeah, we're not doing that anymore. You're like, Oh, okay, cool. That would have been a really cool spot, but I guess I'll sit go sing catering. So sucks for Mike Bennett, but also I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. That just sounds terrible. I mean, I think he was meant to play Abby the Witch, which is confusing because Abby's a woman and Sister Abigail is a woman from what they've described her. We never see the character of Sister Abigail But the only one that would probably have helped give an answer besides win him Rotunda is Tommy End, and he's in AEW now. Though, I I do kind of, though, I'm like, why is that an idea they're doing? Why was that an idea that went through their heads? I hope that isn't true, honestly. I hope Mike Bennett is just trying to make a headline with that, because that just sounds honestly quite terrible, I think. That's just my two cents. It's like, oh god, and this was when he was super over with the fans and whatnot. When he was doing all this awesome stuff, and it's like, it's like, how how do you explain this delicately? Like, I I don't I don't get it. It's so confusing. <sighs> so. Square Enix revealed that making the UFE DLC, and they give the tantalizing hints of part two, and they go ahead and tease more about part two, about how it will be vastly different from the original story, They're confirming more that time in history has been altered, which means I am current, I am still more convinced than ever that this is secretly a sequel we make, a sequel or equal. <coughs> <laughs> okay that's that's terrible but um yeah it's certainly a requel being made and now you got all this crazy stuff and unpredictability added back into it we'll have to see where that goes but i'm hoping it's pretty damn good plus it's made by Tatsuya see Norm- Norm- norma and while yes i know he's made his mistakes like how he handled kairi and kingdom hearts 3 he is a damn good good game developer and one of the uh, fun, over-the-top guys in the industry, like, he'll take the idea and be like, okay, what if we did this, and yet go cosmic with it? Along with that, Star Wars Visions was revealed, the first look and release date set for September 22nd, 2021, and one of the things I did hear from my buddies when we were talking about it was that it's not canon with the main timeline of the Disney canon, and it's certainly not canon with the Legends timeline. So, is Disney just going with a multiverse route that they could obviously go with with the world between worlds? I certainly hope so. But like, this is exactly what I was, this was one of the things I was just saying for for some years now. I was saying that that, that Disney needs to just just stop focusing on just one continuity. Like, fans don't want to be told oh, everything you read for like the last 30 years doesn't mean a damn thing anymore to us because we said it doesn't matter but instead you should have multiple continuities like you own Marvel they're a multiverse property they ha- they have the MCU they have the Marvel 616 universe the main universe that we all grew to love they have the House of M universe they have the days of future past timeline universe they have all these infinite multiverse stuff, up along with DC and Warner Media, or Warner Discovery, since the merging happened. So I'm like, why can't Star Wars be in a world with Marvel and DC and have two timelines? Or if they want to go all out, make several. Like they have the Infinities, they have they have the Infinites, they have the Legends timeline. They have the Disney canon. They can still push the Disney canon, but we should still have a right to go ahead and have the opportunity to still get the stuff, the the, the original stuff we we grew up on. I want to see what happens to Janus Solo in the story of the Jedi trilogy. I want to see the new timelines. I want to see new stuff. We could make something out of this, and they could make something off of this, like a crisis event, if they really wanted to. Like DC does for like 90% of the time these days. Even with Infinite Frontier, that should have been signifying the end of Crisis stuff for a long, long time. They're already coming back with another Crisis and a Dark Side again. So, yeah, there's a new Crisis coming, so that's to be expected. Yeah, so, yeah, D- Disney should definitely just cut their losses on this and just go all out with Star Wars multiverse media. I'm all for it, and we could have crossovers, we could have different timelines. I want to see a time where Anakin doesn't turn to the dark side. I want to see a time, like, we still have fanfictions to to compensate for that, but, like, I want to see official Disney property. I want to see this stuff be brought to life on TV. I want to see what would happen if Palpatine was stopped, or what would happen if Rey was actually interesting for me. I went there. I'm not a fan of Ray, of the Ray character. I'm just—it feels like such a missed opportunity there. And they, there is so many ways they could fix this or try to balance the whole. She's somebody or she's nobody, but it's either here or there. The damage is done. You're stuck with it. So now you have to either retcon it or just declass, decanonize the sequel trilogy because. When you get the good stuff from Star Wars, like Clone Wars and Bad Batch and The Mandalorian. You're like, oh man, this is so awesome, I can't wait for the... Oh, it's going to end badly and it means ultimately nothing. It will be in nihilistic despair. Yeah, that, that's certainly a thing we have to look forward to. We have to experience maybe Yoda probably getting killed by Kylo Ren and, and, and Snoke. Who will be controlled by Palpatine and blow up the Jedi Temple area of the comics. So, good luck with that. Good luck with that ending of Mandalorian. Way to go. Also, as time goes on, reports are suggesting that Grand Theft Auto Six, the long-awaited sequel to GTA series that we've been wanting so desperately for so long to see... Is clearly not going to come for some time. It's going to come in either twenty twenty four or twenty twenty six. I mean twenty twenty five. So the details that did come out about what was rumored about the upcoming for the in development GTA six. Since it was said to be in development last year, but it was an early. Uh, Tom Henderson and along with some other co- corroborated storyists like Jason Schreier and Andy Robinson, and added that it will play- take modern take on the series as Miami, inspired by city, and that the game's map will be altered over time in the same manner as the live service games like Fortnite. Details VCC, VGC has also said it heard, of course as with all rumors practically those out of early projects, these details should be taken over a grain of salt and could change all the time. If the game did arrive in 2024, that would create a potential 6 year gap in the main timeline Rockstar releases following well in 2018's Red Dead Redemption 2. It remains to be seen Rockstar will have any other new games to fill in that gap but GTA Online and GTA 5 will be coming as expanded and enhanced in new console-gen versions on November 11th. Also surprising on the 20th anniversary of GTA 3, including some related GTA Online, the anniversary arriving on October 22nd, but hasn't made clear what the anniversary content might be. Hopefully we get the character from GTA 3 that we played to show up, in the, show up in present time. But that's probably not going to happen. He's probably dead by that point. Ooh. Also, Zack Snyder's whole <laughs> stuff has been busy. He went from DC's finest heroes uniting, finally, in the fully-released Snyder Cut, to blowing up Las Vegas zombie apocalypse style. Zack Snyder is now heading to the final frontier. Rebel Moon, a Netflix-exclusive sci-fi adventure. Following the residents of a pizza colony at the edge of the galaxy as they struggle against armies sent by a tyrant named... Belaris says, Belaris. to combat the threats the colony sends out on a woman to gather warriors from neighboring parents to make it stand against the invading force. Along with directing, he will also co-write the film and reunite with Army of the Dead co-writer Shandy Hay, then, and 300 co-writer, co-screenwriter writer co Kurt Johnstead. Snyder and Johnston will also receive story credit. Additionally, Zack Snyder will service producer alongside his wife, producing partner Deborah Snyder and wife. Eric Newman will produce Oozed through his grand electric banner with executive producer Sarah Bowen. This has been growing up as an Acura fan, a Star Wars fan. So it's my love of sci fi and a great adventure. My hope is that it has also become a master IP in a universe that we can build out <laughs> So, Robin Moon originated as a Star Wars concept that Snyder pitched to Lucasfilms before Disney purchased the company in 2012. The spinoff was Casito's a follow-up to the events of Return of the Jedi with New Jedi War setting out on a dangerous mission while the project of a cage of origin now I confirmed that he was working the premise into an original film back in May. So this was so this was in Zack Snyder's mind a post Return of the Jedi event. And this was before Disney bought the company and we'd have no idea if Disney if, if uh you know If they would actually go forward with it, George Lucas was up for it, because, you know, you still have the Expanding Universe at the time. So, we would have, it would have been interesting, it would have been interesting. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, Ubisoft, the controversial company that I will not talk about on its subject matters, because it is horrible, duplicitous, and horrendously controversial... Go watch June Sterling for the coverage on that, because holy crap. Assassin's Creed Infinity, reportedly a Fortnite-evolving platform. So, yeah, they're doing a cross-tier collaborative structure where they're going to do what GTA 6 is reportedly doing in their early development, do a Fortnite-like evolving set, a map that basically set in the Assassin's Creed timeline. So yeah and apparently this game will take several years to develop instead of releasing every single year so it seems like they're trying to make this like a console generation thing or make a permanent thing where they make one game and they make money off of it as a live service project probably but yeah i'm not going to talk more about this this is uncomfortable so yeah I sorry also, EA's DICE LA is changing its name to Ripple Effects Studio and developing an unannounced game, and there were rumors that this might be the Dead Space remake, because of course it is. It was apparently chosen as a team vote and is the latest in a long list of rebrands dating back to the late 90s when EA first acquired DreamWorks Interactive. DICE LA was announced and was founded in the closure of Danger Close Games, which in turn was a version of EA Los Angeles. Since opening its doors in 2013, Dice mainly provides support for various iterations of Battlefield. At the moment, Ripple Effect is taking the lead on new modes for Battlefield 2042, which is said to be revealed at EA play, but behind the scenes the studio is staff, staff staffing up aggressively as it prepares to lead development of its own games. So rumors have said that 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 um that this might be this might be the Dead Space remake, which. Yeah, good luck with that. We're probably screwed after that, but. Uh, it's something to be scared about a little bit sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm all for the idea. I'm like, if they do a Dead Space remake and not screw people over with microtransactions, fine. But. Yeah, considering the story about how Dead Space fell apart because EA built it up as a multimedia franchise instead of just being its own self-contained series of games. And if they wanted to expand it later down the road, then they could have, but they chose to rush it because EA is evil. Oh, man. Also, for those who are enjoying the Loki series, uh, I've been having fun with it. Um <laughs> So the sets. The it's reported the director says that 90% of physical sets are all physical. The location's in Loki. And I'm thinking Wow. Uh but yeah, I I, I I'm a little annoyed by that trailer indicating a much smaller scale. Less detailed world outside of the TVA, and then they blow it up with CGI all over the place to the point it's becoming very distracting. It's like, uh, I can't really tell by that. <laughs> oh man. It, it's kind of amazing that this happened, but uh, 90% of the Loki sets are all real. Physical, built up, from the ground up. Real life models. Especially that one take scene in episode 3, I believe. Which was freaking awesome. Which ended in total failure, but uh, that's the gist of it. But, uh, yeah. We're also going to go ahead and deal with another new, another big development regarding Marvel and DC, even. They are both skipping Comic-Con at Home 2021 event. Yeah, so Deadline reports that the pop culture holiday will be skipping this year's event, which is scheduled later for this month. In instead Comic-Con at Home will spotlight movies like Snake Eyes and Show Up*, Bob's Burgers. Batman and the Long Halloween Part 2 will also be featured, so it won't be totally bereft to superheroes. And as Deadline points out, the news doesn't totally rule out Sony, which could still make... The sort of appearance with Venom, let there be Carnage and Morbius. Morbius. So they recently found success with their own fandom event, DC Fandom with Warner Brothers, where they debated the Suicide Squad full cast, started cut teaser, and lots more. The MC meanwhile could to the diary streaming with popular MCU shows, where they managed to make their own way at the help of the hype generated by San Diego Comic-Con. I think it's also because Comic-Con is a digital event this year and not, well, a physical event. So the COVID pandemic probably is the one of the other big reasons. And there's no telling when there's gonna be an update on that, but that's neither here nor there. Anyways, tune in everyone for this sponsor for this today's episode. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this message. We're back everyone with Neo Reality Collective on this. This. I hope you all enjoyed the ad break. We're back right into things. Marvel has Marvel executive has revealed that there will be more LGBTQ MCU stories on the way. Speaking to Variety at the Black Widow fan premiere in Hollywood, uh, in Hollywood, executive vice president of film production and Victoria shared that there will take some time. There are so many stories we could tell with LGBTQ characters. It takes time. We have so many stories that we can tell. We will empower those that are. We're not changing anything. We're just showing the world who these people are, who these characters are. There's a lot that we have coming up that I think I think will represent, be representative of the world of today. We're not going to nail it in the first movie or the second movie or the third movie or the first show or second show. We will do our best to try to represent. The decision to make Loki flu was not as complicated as one might think. And echoing Tom Hillson's Hiddles, Hiddles, the Loki actor, der, der, saying, uh, I have to be honest with you, it's not a big deal. It is what it is when it's just the character. We're not going to do it because we're, it's politically correct or incorrect. It is what it is. Don't forget, we follow our comics, we try to follow them quite to the T. Hey, so, in the comics, this is who he was. So naturally, I was thinking to myself, well, he wasn't always like that because the comics were originally had a much different viewpoint in the world. Now it's different. Like, Harley Quinn wasn't always LGBT with, with Poison Ivy. Like, they always teased it a lot, and they were always close friends rather quickly. But she was always interested in Joker, then they changed it up as the years went by because time and evolution has changed for society. So, naturally, it's progressively getting better and bigger and bigger. So, naturally, we're in a more progressive worldview on everything, even despite various factors that make me depressed. But I do like to also mention that Loki being gender fluid or being anybody he wants on this is kind of not surprising because Loki shapeshifts a lot. So, naturally, that would make him question some things about himself, so naturally I, I I actually saw this coming a little bit, it actually makes sense when, when when you think about it and plus I like how they say it's not a big deal in terms of uh, for the characters this is, this is how it is they're just like, oh this person's LGBT or this person's transgender we don't treat it like it's the greatest most shocking moment in history it's instead just regular It's normal, it's okay, you're pretty brave, but not something to be explosive and insane about, it's just something we live with now, it's just something we just accept, for the most part, on occasions, and definitely now makes me sad when people go crazy and bigot about it. Okay, moving on from my depressing thoughts. Uh, Marvel is also having their "What If" series finally being revealed. Their trailer came out, showing a lot of "What If" scenarios, and with Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther King Chachala, having his final performance as a voice le- voice actor for our Black Panther that went that was the Guardian of the Galaxy, and was taken by Yondu, which is pretty odd. But this is a "What If" timeline. I actually was thinking stuff about the Loki series. I'll probably make a review about it. I don't know if it's going to be on Pop called Johnny Versa or is it going to be a special New Reality Collective bonus bonus episode. But yeah, the What If will explore the characters including Killmonger, Black Widow, and more. Or, it will show this What If series Beans include Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa Star-Lord and pretty much every Marvel actor will voice their animated counterpart for the series as well. So, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty awesome that, that this is happening. It, it's going to make it very sad when we see Chachala one more time being voiced by Chadwick Boseman. It's going to be sad, really sad that this is it. This is the last time you will probably see, this will be the last time you will likely see Chachala, You will see Chadwick Boseman in a role because he sadly passed away last year during uh due to cancer and he had been hiding this for years and i get depressed when i think about it because it's like now the context is different the fact that he put himself through so much physical strain getting himself up building himself up for roles roles and keeping this a secret fighting the battles of cancer it's pretty inspiring but also i think sometimes it's just like eventually like i feel like Health is is the important factor in this. People would people be mad that he stopped I don't have to focus more on his health? Sure, but there are people that will accept that he focused more on his health and his lot and whatnot. But the fact that he tried, he that he put he was in roles doing stuff. Uh, I don't know if Marvel Studios do that. I could be wrong, but it's still shocking. It was a shocking moment for me. I had just gone off of the high I was on when. Roman Reigns finally turned heel and then this was announced and I was like wow that that's horrifying and shocking to hear he passed away Yeah this was like the one of the shocking deaths that affected me a little bit Last year. The other being Brody Lee's passing out of nowhere. We never knew what he was going through. Neither did Chadwick Boseman. And we didn't know Chadwick Boseman's conditions. So it was very emotional. For, not for emotional days for us. On those times. But let's go. More into some positive And albeit funny news. So Sony does not know their own console. At all. Like. They don't know. How do they not know though? Sony deleted an ad after Twitter observers noticed something odd about the ad. <laughs> the ad showed the PlayStation vibe. The console they built, Sony, they designed, was upside down. They had it upside down. Oh, God. This reminds me so much about Malachi Black in WWE and him leaving to go to AEW after the contract reveal that came out. But like, oh, Sony, how do you not do? How did you not look at that when you were setting up the set for the for the commercial and thought, hey, is this supposed to be like this? Like, like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. Honestly, they deleted the tweet with the video, it was just so embarrassing for them, and it was funny for everyone else. But, yeah. Um, but, it's hilarious. Like, I bought a PS5, I finally got it, Yeah, a PS5, I finally got it, well, congratulations to me, and everything and like that. But it's still pretty embarrassing to hear that that happened. Like, really embarrassing. Like. Oh, God. How do you screw up that badly? At least now we'll be able to watch. Look at the video. How not to set up the console right. Where you can set upright. Or set nine the way they did it. (laughs) Oh, man. So, so Sony can at least take that credit. So. The. There's already so a se so a sequel's already in development called of the Tomorrow War, or, which starred Chris Pratt. According to Deadline, Amazon Studios and Sky is already talking about bringing the game back together, including director and stars, ours and screenwriter on the sequel for Tomorrow War. Paramount, which was originally set to distribute it, the Tomorrow War in theaters, is also in to involved in the sequel. So. It was one of the big streaming premieres, and star Chris Pratt celebrated the successful launch of the Tomorrow as a st- streaming exclusive. I haven't watched it personally, but other people just call it dumb fun. And that, that's fine. That's fine. It can be dumb fun. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't follow a standard story like you would expect from an Avengers movie. It's just dumb fun. Something to sit back, relax, and just enjoy the show. That's more than WWE Monday Night Raw, I can say that. But yeah, they're already playing a, a sequel for it. Uh, it could be interesting. We I don't know how they could tell the story, but we'll see. Also, oh uh, man, Depth Stranding. Remember that game? Yeah, because t- the Ghost of Susumi director's cut was being made and screwing consumers over big time with it. Direct. Death Stranding is getting the director's cut treatment, bringing pretty Vista's new story missions and a retry- racetrack to the PS5 in September, where... Will allow you to transfer and the director's cut will allow you to transfer your save data from ps4 version to ps5 and instead of having to rebuy the whole thing you can also upgrade the director's cut unfortunately for ten dollars if you own the game already on ps4 so yeah good luck with it so yeah <sighs> God damn it this is the thing this is the thing they're doing with ghost of is going without the save data thing so you would have to start from scratch but it's like why is Ruth really Sunny lately? It, it's kind of frustrating that that, that this happened. It, it's annoying to hear that this happened. That Sony's so anti-consumer with everybody these days. Like it's weird. Sony was pro-consumer once upon a time. Microsoft was anti-consumer. Then everything changed when the new when the Xbox One and PS4 came out, and then all hell went topsy turvy on us. It's weird. It's it's weird. And. Bohr also confer- Kojima Productions head of publishing Jay Bohr also revealed m- more tidbits about the upcoming release. He will confirm he confirmed about a performance mode that will run at sixty frames and a fidelity mode that will support ultra wide displays and HDR. He also said that Death Stranding's director's cut about new content is being built from the ground up and has not being bolted onto the new original experience. Also confirming that all the Half Life and Cyber 2077 content from the PC version will also be on the PS5 with new online features, including online leaderboards, orgs, and such. Why is there not director's cuts for Borderlands, Death Stranding, and Ghost of Sasumi? It's just weird to call it a director's cut. It's just weird. Because. When I think of a game that really should get the director's cut treatment, or, oh, in fact, why is it called the director's cut? Why can't they call it the developer's cut? Wouldn't that make more sense because the studio has so many cuts from the game? I think of movies with director's cuts, but <laughs> you want to know a game that I think should really get the director's cut treatment and not mod restorations doing all the work? Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lord. Oh my god, it has a wiki page on fandom.com and Star Wars on Wikipedia on Wikipedia that they had they have so much stuff that was cut from the game, so much so that it even affected the main game on consoles and PC that Mars had to fix everything over time and Obsidian wanted to bring back a lot of the con- some of the content in order to fix things with a patch, but Lucas Games said no at the time. I don't know why they rushed it a little bit, but they rushed it to Christmas. But yeah, it's so confusing that they said no, you you can't do that. But to hear that, to hear that, when you read the list of stuff that was cut from the from the original stuff they had. From in-game assets to story missions to even entire storylines they had planned, and in more context with characters and development, it's like man, I would love if Obsidian came back, was allowed to make another game, was allowed to do NCO Republic 2 The Sith Wars on a remake mode, but this time they get to go all out with it. They get to tell the story they always wanted to tell without the rushed development cost. That 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 affected the original OG game, because you have certain characters that only joined up if you if you were a certain gender, even though in the canonical timeline of the Legends canon, that they all they both were together. It was regardless of gender of the of the main character. So yeah, if if uh, feels like there's so much content that was cut. Uh, it would have been so fascinating to see. I really am saying that it really would have been fascinating to have seen the the a remake cut of the, a remake treatment of Knights of the Old Republic 2, and certainly a proper, a proper development remake, a developer's cut of the Old Republic 2 on Knights of the Old Republic 2, and see that experience, see what the developers had in mind. See what the developer's vision for the game was beyond Kreia because Kreia is the most talked about character and yet she's the and yet she's one of the few characters from the Star Wars t- canon in either continuity that's kind of forgotten about despite everyone still praising her to this day as a deconstructor and how the last guy was trying to be but yeah So back to Disney related properties Black Panther 2 so Angelie be- Bassett If I butchered that name, I'm sorry. Reveals that there have been five versions of the Black Panther 2 screenplay with another one coming on its way. Saying, I don't know what it's going to look like at all. Uh, There have been about five incarnations of the script. I hear that another one's coming. Of course, I miss our dear King Bozeman going on to glory. He, a lot of things had to be shifted and changed. So thankfully, director Ryan Coogler, her and writer Joe Robert Cole, they're just such masterful storytellers. Is that they found a way into this world, and hopefully it will be a satisfying. I think for the fans, it will be honorable for our chat. We live, we love our king, along with the Black Panther show. Wakanda forever. So, <laughs> oh man, it's it, it's gonna be weird, honestly, to not have Chadwick Boseman Black Panther too, And there's even rumors that Shuri's not going to be the blue Black Panther, even though it would make sense because she was the Black Panther in the comics for a time. So, I, I'm, I'm curious to know what they're going to do with it. Who's going to be the new Black Panther? I'm definitely still saying Shuri should be it. But that's not my opinion. Not, that's my opinion. That's not my decision. We'll have to see how they handle it. Especially how they're going to handle if Namor's gonna pop up because they did tease a little bit of Atlantis in the in, end in, in game saying that there's something underneath the earth that was kind of shifting around and we can't disturb it. And Wakanda probably kept it classified because of course they because this is the government we're talking about. And considering how Wakanda was portrayed in the comics a few times, yeah I can imagine it. Also, uh more Disney stuff. Disney has not discussed a second season yet, according to the star of The Book of Boba Fett. So, Saturday replies his role, Boba Fett, to playing his clone Dad Django fan in the prequel trilogy for the upcoming series, Book of Boba Fett. It sounds like Disney might be taking a wait and see approach, but we're committing to a second season. And if you were express UK for the sci-fi film Occupation Rainfall, Morrison was at naturally asked about the upcoming series. The first season wrapped up filming earlier this year, but apparently there have been no discussions yet for a second season. So, they said he said they'll probably want to test the watch first, there's no talk about it. The actor was also asked to be comprised in specifics, saying this, You know the rules? Nothing. Nothing. Joking. And talking about how the series will be a duos thing with Sean and, and Fett working together. So Yeah, after Bob Fett took over the throne, it looks like uh it's gonna be a a crime a mafia crime filler. So what Lucas was going to do with Maul and his viewpoint of how the sequel chosen should have went had he been allowed to do it. And this was early two thousands though. His was his one that he proposed to Disney was a lot different, and probably tied more with the legends continuity in order to fit in order to just fit things together. Also, uh, there was apparently a much bigger cameo for Loki, Frog Four or Thorg, from Marvel Comics, the jar fro- a jar shown of, of of the of the frog version of Thor because that's a timeline. Along with the Loki crocodile or alligator. Oh, uh, man. It, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's so weird. This is comics, everybody. Yeah, apparently they had a plan to do that at one point, And then they cut it out. Which would uh, be beating up Loki in the first episode. So that would have been funny. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Missed opportunity there. It would have been funny. Let's hope there's a deleted scene if they ever publish it. Also, Halo is back in the news. The Master Chiefs creator shows off unused Halo guns, including a microwave rifle. One being a concussion gun, an excavator, particle beam rifle, microwave gun. (laughs) There's a video of it on his Twitter account. It's been posted by IGN and various other publications. It's weird, and using the old build of Halo, it's so weird to see that now. Would have been interesting if we got that one, but we'll probably never see it, like, physically hold it and play it. But back to Thor and whatnot. Love and Thunder, Takatiwati, if I pronounced that wrong, I'm sorry. He says that Love and Thunder 4 is the craziest thing I've ever done, saying it almost should not be made. I've done some crazy shit in my life. I've lived like ten lifetimes, but it's the craziest film I've ever done. Okay, so is he Grant Morrison of movies? Because this sounds something exactly what Grant Morrison would say. This sounds exactly like what Grant Morrison would say. I definitely get that vibe. <laughs> And then he says this, if you wrote down all the elements of the film, it shouldn't make sense. It's almost like it shouldn't be made. If you walked into a room and said, I want this and this and this, who's in it? In it? These people. What are you going to call it? Love and Thunder. I mean, you never work again. Maybe I won't after this. Oh, man, that, that's pretty weird. Uh, oh, God, that's going to be a fun, fun time, probably. We're probably we're gonna see the Guardians apparently. We're gonna see probably him and Thor Chris Pratt's Star Lord Peter Quill and and Thor go at it for Os Guardians of the Galaxies who takes the throne of the Guardians of the Galaxy and probably going crazy. And James Boss is gonna become Lady Thor in awesome ways. We'll have to see. I'm looking forward to it, despite how Overly crazy it is at times with the last one, Ragnarok. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. Also, Deathloop will be a PS5 exclusive until at least September 20, 2022. As far by Kotaku, the date is one year from release on PS for X for on PS5 and PC. The release give the series X players a bit of an idea how long they have to wait to play the PS5 exclusive that has been published by Bethesda and Developed. By Arcane Studios, but which are now owned by Microsoft. So this, is, so yeah, Microsoft is honoring the exclusive deals they had made. And so this could be an exclusivity period that will end on September fourteenth, twenty twenty-two. So, yeah, okay, like Microsoft's clearly gonna go for all exclusivity, probably most likely down the road once they honor their exclusive deals. But that's ultimately what it will be. that That's probably where it's going, especially when they were going to do Starfield for multiple platforms, and then they announced, "Nope, we're going to have it for Xbox and PC because we're owned by Microsoft now." Also, uh, another thing that's coming to the game that's coming to the Game Pass, Psychonauts Two, is going to feature an invincibility toggle, as all people should enjoy the games. Double Finders revealed that Psychonauts 2 will feature an invincibility toggle as it believes that all people should be able to enjoy games. They should have been news on the, in response to Xbox Twitter saying that being the game on the lowest difficulty is still being the game. So the thing about that, so okay, I get it. The, like I, I like they did that for Ratchet and Clang Rift Apart. I'll probably make a review about it. On uh, New York Addy Collective was another bonus episode, but I didn't use that feature in the game. I wanted a little bit of a challenge on it. But, yeah, I get it. Like, there are people that just want to watch the story and play it and just have wacky fun and not deal with the health bar and whatnot and having to restart and go back. Well, except for getting killed. Only if you fall off the platform. But, yeah, I, have no, I personally, I have no problem with this, but people do have a problem. Like, people will go ahead and get mad. Over, over from software games when when there's an easy mode modded into it, even when they did say they wanted to do an easy mode, but then they cut it out. And would it have been interesting to do an easy mode? Yeah, I probably would have probably would have gotten into it because I don't really like playing super brutal hard games like From Software likes to do because they're kind of insane and notorious for super difficult games. So yeah, I get a double finds viewpoint on this. But it's probably not gonna say it was some people, but i i I personally understand it. I get it well, everyone, this was all the news we have for this for this episode. Tune in next time I and mean, hopefully more bonus content coming down the road. I'm certainly gonna love that, but um yeah, as I transition more into a podcast role on on the internet. You'll be seeing me again real soon. So this was Neo Reality Collective brought to you by NRE Brand, the NRE Brand by Eric Brown. Feel free to check out my other stuff and I'll link more in the description and more content's coming your way soon. Take care everyone and have a good
0: day. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.